0: Welcome to Selfish Confidence, a place where we can connect and be real about how hard it is to be your damn self. My name is Jess, and my goal is to help you build confidence and belief in yourself to live any life path you want, even if it's unconventional. It's time to flip off societal pressures and connect with women who've also felt on the outside by their life choices. We're here to encourage you to grab the mic and speak your truth. I know it can be scary, but we're in this together. Let's get started. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Selfish Confidence Podcast. It is a fun day over here because I have my girl, Caitlin, and she has some really exciting things to talk to you about today. We've already dived into such a great conversation before we even hit record, and I'm like, wait, we should probably just start this so you can be a part of the conversation too.
1: So welcome, Caitlin. Thank you so much, Jess. I'm so amped to be here. I just feel like we have such natural, fun, like you know, conversation chemistry. So this is going to be a good time.
0: Yes. And I have wanted to have you on the podcast for a really long time. Actually, probably since Empower Her Live when I watched you on stage share your story. And I was like, I want to talk to Caitlin, but I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit scared. I don't know. There's just this beautiful energy about you and you share so confidently that I still was like I don't know if I'm confident enough to interview such a
1: confident and beautiful person which I know isn't isn't the best way to do it but I'm being real with you. Thank you so much. That's so kind of you to say and I'm so happy that whatever made you break that fear barrier that you're just like I'm going to do it. Um I always laugh cuz you know when I'm just like I have my RBF face, I really do and it's just like this you know, focused energy that I have as this ADHD wild person, but so many people that meet me, they're like, I expected you to be like so much more intense. And I'm like, intense. I was like, I am a silly human. Like there's no intensity here, just intensely fun. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah.
0: Let's have some fun today. Let's do it. I think the thing for me that really made me want to have you on was that I knew your story was so powerful and it was important for my listeners to hear it and to hear this unconventional beautiful life that you've built and made massive changes in and you just have a wonderful story to share. So Thank I'm really you. excited. So let's dive into it. Can you tell us a bit about you and your background and how you got started on your journey?
1: Yeah, I always when I'm asked this question, I think I've answered it probably different every single time because who I am is like who I am today, right? Like that was different even than yesterday. Um but you know the label part of me is i'm a mom and i'm an entrepreneur i'm a women's life and mindset coach i'm a podcaster i'm a lover of life in general um but a little bit about like how i got here is not the most conventional path which won't be surprising after you hear more of my story um but the cliff notes version because we could spend an hour podcast just talking about like how did this all happen? Um, The Cliff Notes version is I originally started my path as a coach and as an entrepreneur by going to fashion school. I graduated from FIT in New York City um, and was a fashion merchandiser, became a celebrity stylist, which moved me out here to Los Angeles from New York. And that was about 10 years ago. And you know what i didn't realize what i was doing because i always saw it as fashion but really i was coaching i was coaching you know at the time men because i was a men stylist to have confidence on the red carpet and to feel good in the clothes that they were wearing a lot of them were new athletes coming into um you know new money and being able to afford clothes that they hadn't in the past and so this was new to them as well right and so that's kind of where my coaching really started. And then, um, I became really in love with fitness and that's when I met my now ex-husband, but we met through fitness and we started a gym together. And so my coaching then transitioned from fashion to fitness and that was a really fun place for me to live for a little while because i was able to help with goal setting and transformation and you know the really powerful thing about fitness it's not what happens like physically it's really what happens between the ears like our mindset and that's where change actually happens and so through my divorce i was really devastated at losing the gym like that was my biggest thing is that I knew if this gym was going to survive that like we both could not run it and I needed to figure out a new path which landed me in the podcasting world because as I was going through this transition I was like I need to get this out somehow and that became podcasting which really started to resonate with a lot of women and finding themselves like oh shit, like I'm also in my thirties and I don't know who I am. And maybe they weren't going through a divorce, but it's like, maybe they had become a, a, a new mom or they had lost themselves in their career, but there was some connection of like losing our identity through something. And it was like that thing that really we love, but also had us forget about who we were and like what we really cared about. And so I started thinking like, you know, I love this coaching thing. I think this is like really what I was born to do. I love it more than anything in the world. And that's when life coaching like dropped into my lap. And I'm like, wait, I can like do that. Like this is a thing, like a real thing I can do. So yeah, that's, that's sort of like the very like cut clip notes version of full circle from my, you know, upbringing and my roots all the way to sitting in this chair, talking to you, being this podcaster and uh, a life and mindset coach for women wanting to like rediscover their magic.
0: Oh, I love it. And I was just sitting here thinking like, wow, like, This is a hard question because you ask like a whole synopsis of your life in like five minutes, like give it to me. And you're like, and then I got divorced and it's like, whoa, this happened so fast, right? Um, So it's so interesting how we have to like condense it into something. And I know we'll get into a bit more, but um, very similar to me too. Like that's how I started to find myself again too, was this mic, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Putting it out there into the world. And like you start to learn there's so many other women and so many other people who are feeling very similar to you. You feel all alone until you sit in front of a mic and put something out there and you're like, oh, wait, some people want to listen and some people want to be along in this journey. And I'm so glad that you're here and that you're sharing this with us because it's it's powerful stuff. When you get two women on a mic just to sit down and talk about their life, like, wow.
1: Totally. Totally. I love it.
0: Yeah. And as you know, this podcast is all about just like embracing your truth and the unconventional life and doing things different. And I used to hide from that because I didn't want anyone to know that I was different. Uh, And now it's something that I embrace and I celebrate and I love. So like you shared in your story, your journey has been unconventional. It has been different. So how did you get over that fear of judgment of others to follow your heart and live this life you truly wanted?
1: Yeah. So to give you guys a little bit of context that are listening, um, what Jess knows about me that you may not is that after my divorce, um, I met my now partner D who's non-binary and, um, I came out to the world, which was a pretty big transition. Um, you know, the world only knew me as being this straight person. And, you know, it's been really interesting because I get so many questions about this. Like, what does this mean? Have you been this way your whole life? And you know, what I will say is like, I still don't have an answer to that and I'm okay with not having an answer to that. I think that what I've really leaned into is feeling strong enough to love who I want to love, you know, do what I want to do, uh, mother the way I want to mother, um, run my business the way I want to run my business without feeling like I have to follow the crowd. And this one really big public decision, because let's face it, if you're going to really follow your heart and be in love with the person you want to be with, despite what others may think or say about you, because I had everything from you cheated. You had an affair. I can't believe you would leave a business like this. You're a mom. What are you thinking? Um, you know, like this is a, a a midlife crisis kind of thing. Like you're you're this is not serious. You're having a fling. And for all those of you listening, we just got married almost three months ago. So it wasn't a fling. <laughs> we are still so very much in love. Um, but, you know, those kinds of things can really challenge your thoughts, right? Especially when they're not coming from stro- like trolls on the internet, like these are actually people I knew saying these things. So it makes you for a second if you don't have um that inner compass that feels really strong um you can get really lost in the noise and what other people's opinions or thoughts about you, but you're to go back to your original question. Cause I wanted to provide some context there. Um, how do I do this? And I'm human. I'm just like everybody else on the planet. And I doubt myself all the time, all the time. Um, however, Those doubts are temporary because I catch myself and and something that really helped me through this divorce was I imagined it being my daughter and I imagined her being at the time I was almost 33 and her coming to me and telling me all the things that I felt at the time, like I'm in a marriage that I don't feel appreciated in. I don't feel like I can grow here. I feel really stunted. I'm lost. Um, What do I do? And I would never, ever, ever, ever tell anyone from my daughter to my best friend, to my sister, to anybody. Oh, just stay. You have a business and kids. And how could I possibly, if I were to say that to people who I love how could I not take the same advice? Right. So that always helps me when I'm in this place of like fear or like, I'm going to be judged for this. I think, you know, I'm going to be judged for pretty much any decision I make. Like that's, there's something, somebody's always going to say something. So let them judge me for something I feel really effing good about because they're going to judge me anyway, and so that's how I guess to answer your question: how I would step forward and how I embrace that, you know, fear of judgment and living my life in this way that that I do. And like, heck yeah, because
0: like you are going to get judged either way, and I I think that's the thing that. I often see in this world. It's like, we're judged if we don't want kids, we're judged if we have kids, if we have too many kids, we're judged if we stay home or if we go back to school, we're judged if we, you know, stay in the job or if we leave the job, like their judgment is everywhere Yep, and it can be heavy. So I love the way that you just look at it as like, if this was my daughter, this was someone I loved, how would I give them advice or what would I say to them? Because like essentially, you're the best person in your life. Like You are the person who deserves the most love. And for some reason, we put ourselves at the bottom. Yeah, so I love that you made that choice to put yourself at the top, even if it was for one moment. But like what a beautiful thing you did for yourself and for your family. Thank you.
1: Yeah. At the time, it was – and still, I look back and I'm like, wow, that was a rough decision. Um, because it did. It interrupted – it blew up my life. Like, it blew it up. There is no, like, small thing about that. Um. But, you know, when, you know, my partner actually said this to me today about something else, and we were talking about like, when one door closes, a window opens, but so often we focus on the closed door that we don't see the open window. And we were talking about that this morning. And I, and I, that image is really vivid in my mind right now. And that's how I really felt about that whole situation. Like while I was blowing up my life. That was sort of like the closed door and I didn't focus on the closed door. And I'm so glad I looked at the open window because it allowed me to like move through things and recognize that, yes, that sucked and it still sucks, but it's going to get okay. It's going to be okay. Like mm. you've, you've surrounded yourself with the right people who love you and support you and are putting up that appropriate boundary for those that don't. And it's okay. Like let people show you who they are and they don't have to like what you're doing and that's okay. You don't have to, you know, embrace that connection if you don't want to anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the hard thing too. We always fear what what we're going to lose when mm-hmm. we become our true self. We're going to lose friendships or we're going to lose, you know, even family members or we're going to lose respect from people. And it's like fudge that. Yeah. Like, I always want to cuss, but I'm like my nephews are listening. I don't want to. But like – fudge that. Okay. Like I don't, I, I don't want to live like that. Exactly. I love thinking about the window, the window being open. Yeah. And I also love how you, I've seen you talk about your, on your stories about this too, like different conversations that you have with your partner. And I love that you're both growth minded and you Gosh. can have those conversations. Cause like I have them with my husband too. And sometimes I'm like, this is weird, isn't it? Like not for like, not a lot of relations do this, but like, it's so cool when you can have a deep conversation about something like that, like the window is open. Yeah. And the people listening are like, what the? What?
1: Fuck? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I mean, yeah. for me, I knew that that was like a non negotiable. Like, I need somebody who has a growth mindset. And like, that doesn't mean we agree on everything. We have really different opinions about some things. Of course, the important things we agree on. But it's like, I think having, you know, not realize, realizing that we don't have to stop growing, whether that's in our hobbies, our passions, um, just in general of who we are continuing to challenge ourselves um, creatively, physically, emotionally, spiritually, all the things. It's so, so, so important.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. And is it ever one of those things like at the dinner table, you're like, wait, 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 I probably shouldn't coach my partner right
1: now. Like maybe... I should like back off a little, like I'm not your coach. Like, I don't know. It's so yeah. funny. I think we have to like, we have this thing. Cause my partner will come to me and be like, okay, I need the beam boss right now. Like what would beam boss say? <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so this is coaching Caitlin. Here we go. But then there's other times. Yeah, exactly. Put the hat on. But then there's other times where I'm like, are you just asking me to listen? Because I can just listen too, and so we just have like our cues there but yeah sometimes like I always like have this tendency like go to coach mode and it's like yeah sometimes mm-hmm. we just don't need a coach like we can just listen
0: yeah like chill yeah I'd be like chill Jess like chill he, he doesn't need this right now I'm like damn it yeah I don't want it totally but I want to <laughs> yeah totally. I totally get it um, the other thing that I really wanted to chat with you about today was normaling cha- normalizing changing your mind. Because as you said, you went from fashion to fitness to life coaching. And it's just this this crazy, which someone on the outside would be like, wow, that girl changes her mind a lot. But I think it's so cool when we see people actually following their heart and and changing their mind in this beautiful way. And it can even be as simple as like changing your style, right? People are like, oh, you changed, you know, changing how you wear your clothes, changing your hair, all of these things. So society wants us to like, stay in this box of one way for the rest of our lives. But, like, we don't have to do that. So what advice would you give to someone who feels stuck in life and in their decisions, even if it's just the clothes they're wearing? But also we could go as big as stuck in
1: their marriages, right? Like, yeah. what
0: advice would you give to this person
1: listening? Oh, there's so many ways I could take this question, and I love it so, so much. Because it's funny you say this. When I got into life coaching, I think my mom, like, still doesn't even know what I do she has, my parents don't get it either. She's like, you, what you're like, are you a therapist? I'm like, no, no. A therapist is a totally different thing. Um, she's like, I don't get it. I'm like, it's okay. You don't have to. But the comment she made when I told her I was starting like the beam life, she's like, you change jobs more than any person I've ever met in my life. Mind you, she's had the same job for 45 years and I'm like, it's okay, mom. Like, and I might change it again that's okay. I can't see that happening anytime soon. Cause I truly love what I'm doing, but even within the last three and a half years of me doing this, it has changed and evolved. And so the advice I have is this, like anything that's ever been a catalyst for me to change, like anything that's ever been like, um, like sort of like an awareness, like, oh, maybe it's time to pivot. It's that awkward, like you're in that awkward phase, like, you're starting to weigh the pros and cons like, well, if I do this, what if this happens? But I'm somebody that literally, this is a personal thing. I can't stand thinking about what if, like it bugs me because I think, well, okay, I could keep going down this road and it's safe, like fairly safe. But then I start thinking about that word safe and it's like, is anything really safe? Is anything really like 100% guaranteed? And COVID taught us that no, nothing is guaranteed. And so that really gets me thinking like, well, while this is quote unquote safe, really, truly anything could happen. And would I want to end up somewhere thinking, dang, I really wish I had taken that opportunity. I really wish I had tried that because to me, we can always go back. Like usually those things aren't going anywhere. And yeah, maybe it is a marriage. And that is a different story or a job. Like if you decide to leave a job. But here's the deal. If you're having that inclination, that little tickle, that little kind of thing come up in your body. And we all know what I'm talking about. We all call it something I different. call it like an itchy. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. You can feel itchy. Yeah, you're you're like, just Ugh. like something's happening like – Pay attention because when we just keep sweeping that under the rug and ignoring it, it grows to be real gnarly. And that's when things usually become irreparable, right? And so think about like, I think about this marriage situation, right? And I think of a couple, because I talk to women often who are struggling in their relationships. And so the first step is obviously like, let's be aware of it. Let's talk about it because for so long, they've known that they don't like their relationship or known that they're unhappy or know that they feel lost or know that they feel disrespected. But there's either like, well, but I'm married and we have kids and it's safe because my, you know, my partner works and I work and this would just be too hard. And so they keep sweeping under the rug, under the rug until the point where they literally can't stand it anymore. And you go from like, I'm fine to complete breakdown. And that's usually when we say things we don't mean, when we act out of character, when we maybe are far more harsh than we would have ever done. And once we say those things and act that way, it makes it really hard to ever find repair back in that situation. And I know personally, I made that mistake. So that's why I say that is I didn't say something for a really long time. And it wasn't until the point where I couldn't stand it any longer. And I snapped and I was like, I'm out of here and I'm still working on that repair, right? Like there's no going back because I don't want to go back to where I was, but even to like mend the relationship is hard. So anytime we want to pivot, I say, honor the pivot, you know, really think about what this could look like for you. And then. Doing it in a way that feels like authentic to you, how we pivot is going to look different to each and every one of us. Like there's no right way except for the way that feels good to you. So maybe that's having a hard conversation. Maybe that's giving yourself a runway and some time leading up to it. Maybe it's putting more boundaries in place. Like it's going to look different for all of us, but honor the change, embrace the change so that you're not later down the road thinking, oh, had I only tried that or I only done this? What if I had tried this? And what if I, you know, life is too short for what if. We've, yeah. we've got to lean I mean, in. It was here
0: too, like, yeah, it's like, oh, I wish I had done this sooner. As often what we hear on the other side of change, like, oh, why didn't I do that sooner? Of course, it's not always the case. Sometimes it can be a big mistake. We get that. Yeah. Um, but also it's just like, well, what, what if you had tried this or what if you had stepped into it? And it was actually a question just like this that, like prompted me to make a big change in my business because I felt that itchiness and I started – I was doing a podcast recording I asked a question like this and I was like, oh gosh, and I started to cry. And I was like, oh gosh, this means it's time. It's time, Jess. You you, you <laughs> triggered something. You've got to change. And so yes. sometimes just honor those tears and
1: try something new. Yeah, And at the very least, even if it's a freaking catastrophe, at least you learn something. Like you will mm-hmm. never – ever go through anything. And this is something like, I almost never say absolute statements, but I can say with certainty, you will never go through a big change without learning something ever. Like we always glean something from it that helps us in the next chapter. Right. And there's a reason you're having that like body signal. There's a reason that itchiness is there. It's because you're no longer meant to stay here anymore. And moving, like I, my favorite thing. And if you're listening, you should look this up because I'm going to totally butcher it, but it's like, it's always called like, choose your hard. And it's like marriage Mm -hmm. is hard, but divorce is hard. You know, being disciplined with your money is hard and being broke is hard, right? Like hard is always happening. Hard is on both sides, but which one are you choosing? You know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which one are you choosing? Yes. The heart of of staying somewhere that feels uncomfortable and makes you cry or the heart of trying something new and being a beginner, which also sucks, sucks. but it is that open window, right? Like go out the window. We got this. I love it. Uh, Can we chat about the comparison game too? Which I know you are so good at. Yes. Um, Good at ignoring, not good at comparing yourself to (laughs) others, of course. Um, But especially on social media and especially for women, right? We compare ourselves to others all the freaking time. So how did you stop comparing yourself to others and even other coaches online and maybe even like real life, like when you're dropping your daughter off at school or anything? Like how did you stop comparing yourself
1: to so many other women in the world? It's so funny I was literally going to do a story about this today because I go to Orange Theory every once in a while and drop in for a workout. And today's workout was a uh, mile benchmark challenge. So it's like as fast as you can run a mile on the treadmill. And when I went in there, I had already knew this was happening. So I looked at my time previously, and my only goal was to beat my time from the last time I did this. And I'm a runner. I love to run. I'm not a fast runner, though. So these time challenges are challenging for me because you tell me to run 26 miles, I'll go all day. You tell me to run as fast as I can in one mile, I'm like (laughs) dying, right? Dead. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like such a mindset game for me. So here's what was really interesting. I had my goal. And then as I was running, they run in groups of 10. I was like one of the last people to finish in my group. And I was running with like all these like gazelles. But all of a sudden I was like three quarters of a mile in and I started like doubting myself and I was upset. I was like, why are all these people around me done and I'm still running? But yet I beat my time from last time by over 40 seconds when I was done. That's amazing. 40 seconds in a mile is a long time, right? Yes. So I caught myself being like, whoa, let's pump the brakes here a second why all of a sudden are you caring what anyone else in the room is doing? You didn't come in here to beat anyone. You came in here saying, I want to beat my time from last time. So even if that was one second, that was the goal, right? So to answer your question, I still compare myself. I'm human. We do it. But I'm really um, good at catching myself when I get to that place. And why I stop and where... I've really realized comparison is like truly like they say, the thief of joy is because I could have allowed today to rob me of the joy I felt by beating my time. Because when I caught myself, I was like, wait a second. Hell yes. I just beat my time by like 40 seconds. Like what? I'm a badass. This is amazing. And for a second though, I felt really down on myself and I could have left there being like, Ugh, I'm not fast enough. Like everyone else is always going to beat me. I'm not a speed runner. And same experience, two different takeaways. And so this is what I really work with a lot of my clients on is this mindset game of comparison. Because I will tell you, probably every single one of my clients, this is something we work on really intensely with. And one of the biggest cures is like doing what I just talked about is having your intention set ahead of time. Like, what is it that you're really working for? And like, so you answered, like, how do I not compare myself to other coaches? How do I not compare myself to other women? I have my own personal vision. So an easy example of that would be like, I had my own personal time today. That was my intention. So I hang on to that. And same thing in my business and my coaching, like There are times where I see shiny objects and I'm like, oh my gosh, but she's doing an in-person event or, oh my gosh, she just launched this awesome thing for her podcast or, oh my gosh, she has this great new masterclass. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. My business is going to like drown and and I'm like, whoa, 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 Caitlin. Yes. You also want to do a live event one day, but that wasn't your vision for 2023. That's like 2024, 2025 plans. It's okay that she's doing that. Let's celebrate her. Let's lift her up. Like after all, that's what I stand for is lifting up other women. So I can't possibly be wanting to take someone else down, right? Like that's not in alignment with who I am. So it's like there's plenty of room for all of us to shine and there's plenty of room for all of us to win. And actually, when we learn to come together and really like celebrate one another, it is powerful. Like I get gooseys thinking about it. Like it is so powerful to show up for each other that it really overrides any kind of comparison, if that makes sense.
0: Heck yeah. I always love that too, like focusing on happiness for other people on things because I totally get where you're coming from. We're in a very similar world when we see people do things and you're like, oh, like, that would be so cool. I have to lean into the happiness. And it ha- it's like a physical, like I have to push myself into it. Because sometimes you can be like, oh, I thought I was there by now and I'm not. But like being physically happy for someone with my whole body makes me know it's coming for me too. Like yes. it's someday going to be mine too. I have to be happy for them now someday someone's going to be really happy for me too. And like that is like the thing that I push. But it's interesting you bring up Orange Theory because that place is literally comparison. Yes. Like the comparison trap, like everyone's themes are like up on the, everyone- like your times are all up on the wall and you can see everybody's time you can see like you were like not the first one to finish. Yes. Like, it is, it's hard to not get in that trap in Orange Theory. It's I know. It's like a-, like a cult of-, of like being the best person in the room. Totally. And I am... It- uber competitive like I
1: was gonna say are you competitive because oh like I, I am too so I'd be like uh, like dumb. <laughs> people in my family it's so funny my daughter's six and lately she's been like obsessed with playing old maid and I am not the parent <laughs> that'll like let you win like I'm not gonna be like oh don't take I'll be like if you pick the old maid you're picking the old maid like yeah that's just, game sorry I'm not gonna just let you win and I I get mad when I like lose like the princess tiara game okay so I'm like so so competitive in a good way. Um yeah. But it's challenges her. Exactly. I am always about that. So yes, it is definitely for me when I'm in that environment, I check myself often like, okay, mm-hmm. what's really important here? What are we like trying to get out of this situation? And, you know, being putting myself in the gym world and the fitness world that was hard for me too because as a trainer i have never been a stick i've never had a six-pack i've never looked like your traditional you know fitness people and i would have people be like wait you're a tr- trainer and that taught me a lot of lessons too is like never judge a book by its cover um because I was everyone's always favorite trainer, right? Like, and it would be, it's like not about what happens physically. It's about who you are literally internally as a person, your intention behind things, how you're showing up and using your gifts and knowing that your gifts are uniquely yours. And literally no one can take those away from you. Not a single person can take your gifts. So it's pointless to compare yourself because no one is you, right? We all, we all are our yeah. own selves. That's the best. That's the best way to look at it. Are you into human design? Very much so.
0: Okay. So like, I think that's the coolest thing when you can look at your chart and be like, holy poop, these are like, these are actually my gifts given to me. Like that is the coolest freaking thing. So good. So, so yeah. Are you a generator? You don't always, no,
1: No, I'm a projector. Oh, what are you? I'm a generator and my daughter's a projector. So, oh, cool. are, you, are you emotional, non-emotional? I am a non-emotional projector. Okay. My daughter's an emotional projector. I've got my work oh. cut out for me. Yes, you do. <laughs>
0: yes, you do. Everybody who's listening
1: are like, I don't know yep. what you
0: guys are talking about. It was like, yeah. Go to your I, human I, to chart, yeah.
1: everyone, if you don't know what we're talking yes,
0: about. Yes, you got to check it out. For me, it's like I would feel all of your daughter's emotions. I'm like, wait, are these mine? I'm so confused. And she's just like feeling everything, throwing emotions out like it ain't no thing. Yes. <laughs> so, I'm a non-emotional generator. So I'm like, let's go. Yeah. Oh, man. I do get jealous of generators because you guys got energy for days. Yes. And I got to take like three more naps. So I'm trying to respect my gifts, but sometimes I'm like, man, some
1: energy would be great right we now. We all need each other. We need each other. Yes.
0: I love it. Uh, Do you believe
1: that you're born with confidence or is it a skill you develop over time? Oh, 100%. I think we're all born with all of these things.
0: Mm.
1: However, through time, it is deteriorated if we allow it to be. So I know this to be true because being a mom and witnessing my daughter grow, it's so beautiful to see her confidence. And already at six years old, There's been, and we don't do anything, but talk about positivity about our bodies, like in our house, but already my tummy is so fat. My tummy is so big and she's perfection. So I don't even know what she's talking about, but she's seeing that somewhere comparison starts. Um, my friends made me feel stupid today. Um, I didn't know the answer when my teacher called on me. So when you ask, are we born with confidence? I believe so. I think we all are born thinking that we are the greatest thing ever to live because no one has told us otherwise. And then we allow for, and I, I use the word allow loosely because at six, we don't know what's happening, right? But we see these people who we really, really look up to, whether it's our friends, our parents, our teachers, and these things are subtle and often said never to hurt a child, but they're said, um... And, and how it's interpreted is taken super literal. And so already our confidence can start to be chipped away at, chipped away at, chipped away at. And then we become teenagers and we all know how hard it is to be a teenager. It's super awkward. You're like growing into your body. You're like feeling all kinds of hormones. And I really believe wholeheartedly that's when our confidence either skyrockets or it completely crumbles. And that's what takes us into college and young adult life and all the things. And I had a really rough, rough, um, time with confidence. And what happened was, is because I was so down on myself, how I looked on the outside, I really overcompensated for being bubbly and funny and like over the top, um, gregarious and like friendly which has served me well now, like I learned those skills, but I was also like self-deprecating humor. Like I'd always make fun of myself first because I'm like, well, if I do it, then no one else is going to, or if I don't make them think that I care about what I look like, then no one will say anything. Um, or if they do, I'll just uh, shake it off. But at night I would be crying in my pillow. And then that really led me down the wrong road with relationships because anyone who looked at me, I was like, oh, they must love me. And it's because I didn't know what it meant to love myself. So I love this question so much. Confidence is something I could talk about for about 20 years and never shut up. So I'll leave it there. But I think that it's definitely something we are born with that is then taken away that then we realize we want back. And it's a long road to to want to Mm -hmm. like work that back because we have to undo so many years of, you know, all those things that we've kept that really weren't ours to begin with, you know, those were other people's projections on us.
0: Yeah. And it can even be one thing, like not years of stuff. Like one mm-hmm. moment can take the biggest shot at your confidence forever. And it's like the the most difficult thing that you'll ever go through finding yourself again after something like that. So I feel you. What would you tell to yourself who was crying in her pillow in university, who was, you know, overcompensating? for lack of confidence, what would you tell her now?
1: Mm, You know, I think I've done a lot of inner child work. So there's so many times I go back to, I I, actually, you'll appreciate this from empower her. I ended up hiring Tracy O'Malley as my personal coach. Amazing. So she does a lot of inner child stuff. And she talks about like your courts of Caitlin's and that's obviously me. And it's, the five-year-ish version of me, the 12-ish version of me, and like the 16, 18-year-old version of me. And now when I make decisions, I refer to my court of Caitlin's because I'm like, how can I honor them? Like, how can I serve them now? Like in that moment, they weren't served and they were silenced in so many ways. So how can I like kind of make up for that now? And what I would tell them and what I have told them through lots of journaling and really going through and doing some healing work is that I'm here now and it's going to be okay. And literally going back to the word gifts, you were put on this earth for a purpose and just keep trusting yourself. Like you don't need anyone else to tell you who you are. You don't need anyone else to validate. You don't need anyone else to, you know, basically tell you who you are as a person, like, you know, who you are and lean into that hard, because just like your sign says, you are magic. Like we are all magical miracles. And so I, I truly lean into that so much and tell that version of myself, like, it's going to be okay, babe. Like we, we needed to get through this little patch so that you can now help other women, but we don't have to do that anymore. Like you have the choice to follow your own path and cut out any noise that isn't supporting you. Like Mm. you can do that.
0: Yeah, I love that you have your your court of Caitlin's. Yes, with you everywhere you go. Like I can just picture you all holding hands together, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, what a beautiful visual. Yeah, right. We just think of that as the past, but actually, like they're here. They're, they're here. I out with this
1: all the time, and I love it. If you've done, can you tell? I was going to say, oh, go yeah. If you've, if anyone here are listening has done, um, any kind of work, you know that like who we are as an adult is completely those versions of ourselves that has like led us to be who we are now. So like you said, yeah, they're very much like with us. And so being able to heal some of those past wounds, or like you said, one big experience that happened to you, like maybe it was something horrifying and in ex- and like traumatic that happened as a teenager or in your, you know, 10, 12 year old life. Like you can actually go back and get healing. You don't need healing from the other people involved. You can start to heal solo healing kind of thing. It's a really mm. beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. We could all use a little healing.
1: Yes. Always. I often
0: think of it as like a hug. <laughs> like I think with my little Jess, like I just like to give her a hug sometimes. It's just like, come here. Totally. It's a hug. Totally. Totally. Um, can you tell us where our listeners can connect with you? What they can find out from your podcast, where they can find it and your free community and all of the things. Tell us about yes. you know, what can what can we expect online with you, Caitlin?
1: All the things. Um, a lot of what we chatted about today is really what I share on all of my platforms. I'm super big on Instagram, which is just at the beam life, like beam of light. And that's the name of my podcast as well. And then my free community is through Facebook. I will definitely send you the link so you can share that with your community. But we do all kinds of really fun things in there right now. We're in the middle of a journaling, uh, live journaling, morning pages type thing. But we do live podcasts and, you know, mini coaching sessions and just fun little ways for women to connect with each other because I don't think there's. You know enough things that allow women to create community with each other. Um, And I think it's one of the most valuable things we can have. So that's what I try to create in there.
0: Agreed. I love it. More spaces where people can be themselves and can connect with other people who are doing the same, like best thing ever. I'm going to go check out that page and you can check out all the information for Caitlin in the show notes too, um, and connect with her and send her a message because she is just so much fun to chat with. I have some questions that I ask every guest that comes on the podcast. You ready? I'm ready. Okay, let's go. What is your favorite compliment to receive?
1: Oh my gosh. I think for me, it would be when I hear from a client or someone that I've had like an interaction with that something I said or something that I suggested has created an impact or a transformation in their life. I live for impact so I think that that's probably the biggest compliment is when someone's like I heard you say this or we did this or in our session this and then it like clicked for them and they saw something that they hadn't seen before that to me is like that just keeps me going every day
0: yeah and even just in this conversation that we've had today already you're making an impact. Like there is an impact here and an impact to my community. So thank you for being here and for for sharing that with us. What is your favorite thing to do to boost your mood when you're feeling grumpy? Run.
1: <laughs> That's an easy one for me. <laughs> I was like, is it at Orange Theory or like out outside? outside. Where are we going? Outside. Mm. Like putting on my favorite tunes, being by myself. Or I have a great run club, but really I love running by myself Mm -hmm. and just like, it's very like when your feet are hitting the pavement, it's like this cadence, it's this active meditation. That's my jam or just being outside in general. So if you're not a runner, just getting like a little walk outside that vitamin D that sunshine, it's a total mood booster.
0: Like, runner's high is a real thing. Oh, 100%. 100%. Like, 100%. It is real. Yeah. When people are like, I've never understood it. I won't get it. The best meditative states I've ever had was when I'm, like, training for long races when you can run and, like, nobody's there. Yeah. You pick your own speed. You just do your thing. Yeah. So I'm with you on that one. Uh, do you have a song or a quote that boosts your confidence?
1: Mm. You know, I – in terms of songs, there's not a particular song – but anything by Madonna. So you can, Mm. I'm a huge Madonna fan. Um, anytime I kind of just want to feel, cause for me, confidence is feeling silly and like loose. Cause oftentimes I can get so like hyper fixated and focused on like, gotta get to the goal. Gotta do this. I gotta Mm. get this done. And I forget, like, yesterday I even posted about it, like, play and just letting a little loose. So Vogue by Madonna is, like, I can just, like, totally do my Vogue and feel (laughs) silly and, like, loose in my body. And that makes me feel confident. And it, like, breaks up the stagnant of, like, oh, you know, I was being too serious for a second. Hold on. Let me bring it back.
0: Yeah. Oh, that is a good one, right? It's just like that hustle that we sit in for so long. I get it too, right? You want to do all the things. Life is short, right? But like, it's also too short to not go and play. And for me, like go run with a dog or to go do something fun. Like,
1: come on. Yes. I love. Yes. I can picture you doing the Vogue dance. Oh, yes. It happens often. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I love it. Well, thank you so much, Caitlin, for being here and for spreading your truth and and being so real and authentic with us. I know our community is going to love hearing this episode with you.
1: I cannot wait to have it out and connect with your community. Thank you so much for having me.
0: What's up, sis? I am so glad we could hang out today. If you love this episode, send it to a friend or share it on your social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me sprinkle some confidence in the world. And don't forget, You are magic. Let's show the world your shine.